this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Do you want your children reading child pornography? Of course you don't. So why are books like this available in our public libraries? The media says these types of books don't exist. Books with sex acts and foul language have become available at our children's fingertips. It's time for a change. Our kids deserve better. As Secretary of State, I will make sure to clean up this garbage from our public libraries. Vote on November 8th and let's fight this fight together to save our children. My name is Rayla Campbell. I'm running for Secretary of State of Massachusetts, and I approve this message. Wow, that's kind of in your grill, isn't it? Well, so is the woman that is running for the Secretary of State of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It's Thursday, 3 November in the year of Lord 2022. You're in war and battleground. Let's start with Rayla Campbell. We got a all-star cast and crew today of fighters. Rayla, um, how is that message resonating in the, we're told, you know, that the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is the most progressive, most liberal. You got Harvard, you got, was it Tufts? Uh, you've got uh, Boston University, Boston College, you got all these bastions of uh, liberal higher education. Um, how, how is that playing? And you got the big controversy at what, Boston Children's Hospital about the gender-affirming surgery. How, how is that spot playing in what we're told is the most progressive state in the union? Well, thank you, Steve, again, always for having me on. And thank you to your war room posse. You guys are amazing in the support you've given me. This message is resonating because it's happening and people are seeing that it's happening right there in their face, in their public schools and in our public libraries. We have noticed that the curriculum is geared towards what a lot of parents are saying is grooming. And it is when you see what they're trying to push on your kids with all this gender affirming ideology. Why are they doing this to our children? Our children have lost two years and have gone back 12 years when it comes to education, but yet they don't care about that. And when we're trying to get FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Acts, if people don't understand, that we are getting shut down. We're getting labeled as domestic terrorists. This type of behavior by the left is being forced on our children, and we're seeing it in droves. In all, I went throughout the entire state and went into the public libraries, and it's not hidden. It's right there on display for everybody to see, right there for children to easy have access to. It's in the children's section. And when we're seeing what's going on, with our schools and the lack of education, it's very scary to see. Facebook censored me for 30 days. They put me in Facebook jail because it was too graphic for adults. 
but nobody's asking the question on why isn't this, if it's too graphic for adults, why is it available for our children? So when I become your next Madam Secretary, I will make sure that I will protect the rights of the parents and of us in the Commonwealth to know what's being put in our public libraries and our public schools. When it comes to FOIA requests, we will make sure that we are handling them right away because what we see happening right now is they want to hide the information from us. There should be no type of forms that your children have to fill out that specifically says on it that you have to be 18 years or older in order to fill out this form and to tell your children not to tell their parents that you're filling this out. And this is happening in our public schools. Uh, how is it playing in the Commonwealth? Are you getting traction? I mean, we're told this most progressive state. This message is pretty straightforward and non-compromising. Is it? Is it playing? Uh, you know, we've had this controversy of Boston Children's with gender affirming surgery. Uh, you've got all the railhead of a lot of the educational problems in higher education are all coming from Cambridge. Uh, is it? Do you have a feeling that you have put this Secretary of State race on the map and that this is resonating with people? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I went and showed people. You know, at first the media wanted to label me as someone that was just pushing this propaganda and this wasn't even in our schools, not in our public libraries. They suppressed my message. They said that this type of, this doesn't, this book, gender queer in specific, did not exist. So I challenged the parents to as well, go look, go check for yourself. And they have, and they're stepping up and they're standing up and they're doing something about it. We had it in the town right next to me in Adlington, Mass. Where they went in front of the school board and they had this book removed from their school. It was found in the middle school on display. They had it removed along with other books that, again, these are, these are all in comic book motif form. So the children don't even have to read it. One image of these books can be engraved in a child's mind and destroy it for the rest of their life. They will never forget it. I know because when I looked in this book, it was extremely traumatizing to me as an adult. And this is available to our children. So people think we're really progressive and we're blue and we're left-leaning. Left we're not at all. The people in Massachusetts, their eyes have woken up. The problem is, is we've been sitting back and being quiet and not paying attention to what has been going on in our schools. We now are standing up and we're standing up strong and united together. And parents are finding their voice because they have a leader, because I've gone out there and put myself on the line for everyone in Massachusetts. I will give them cover. They know I can give them cover. And it is so important that you have strong patriots that will lead and that will put their lives on the line to protect our country, our constitution, our children. And that's why I'm running for Secretary of State, because elections have consequences when you have one party collecting and counting all of the votes. And when we don't have a say, because we don't have Republicans standing up to fight, we now have a fighter and we're going to have say, and they know I'm coming. They're afraid of me. That's why they're trying to suppress my voice and suppress our votes. But we're going to get out there and we're going to be strong. I'm getting through all of the communities, all of the communities in the cities. We're at, running ads on urban networks and they're angry. 
they're angry because I am resonating with the people because this is an everyday issue that we have to deal with and they're afraid. And I'm going to make sure that they know when I become your first Madam Secretary and we make history again in Massachusetts, that we will be the voices that are heard and your voices will count. And I will make sure that every legal ballot counts and we will have voter ID, we'll be voting in person on election day by paper and they'll be hand counted. You're a, you're a historic candidate, um, but uh, you're viewed, they, they put you because you're a Republican and, and you are a mega, um, have mega tendencies that you're, um, you know, homophobic, you're a nativist, you're a xenophobe, uh, you're a racist, but under diversity, equity, and inclusion, you might be the perfect candidate. Why, why do they never talk about this bastion of, of, uh, of, uh, racial diversity thought? Why is your, well, I, what they nonstop attack you, but never, why do they never raise you up as a, a historic candidate, ma'am? Because I stand up for America, because I stand up for our values, because of where I grew up. I grew up in low income, in Section 8 housing, in what is known as the Irish Riviera in Massachusetts, in Situate Mass. So they want to take that narrative away and, and label me as something that I'm not, because I get up and I work hard and I'm a fighter. They've called me Massachusetts' number one white supremacist. I've been labeled as uh, melanin adjacent. I've also been called a white nationalist. I've been harassed repeatedly. Repeatedly, I was just called the other day and called a nationalist and ultra MAGA and a super Trumper. These are just words. They just want to label us, and it's a. They're always saying phobia, phobia, phobia. But I'm not afraid. It seems like they're afraid of me because I stand up for what we believe in. Because I'm married to an Irishman. I have three mixed children. I myself am 25% Brit. I'm 10% Scottish. I'm 4% Irish, and I throw that in their face every time. Because they want to label, 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 yet they want to teach our kids in school, my kids in particular, that they're both the oppressed and the oppressor. That's not going to happen. Talk to us about, give us a minute or two, we're jammed for time, but I want to know about the campaign and how can people uh, help. We've got a couple of days left. What What is in front of you as far as the campaign? Um, you know, rallies, whatever people can follow. And then how do they follow your campaign? And if they're so inclined. Uh, assist you with some support. Yes, absolutely. We are filming a new ad today. After I'm done here, I'm actually going to head out and we're going to go do that. I have people holding up signs and waving over the overpasses. People can get involved by going to my website. It's Rayla4MA.com. That's R-A-Y-L-A-F-O-R-M-A.com. Also following us on Facebook and um, that's Taylor Campbell from Massachusetts. We just went over 23,000 followers this week. So it's very exciting. Thank you all so much. We're also on Twitter at Rayla from Massachusetts and on Rumble, same thing, Rayla from Massachusetts. I try to keep it uniform. 
because it's easier, but we still need people to help because we're going to be running ads all the way up to election. And we're also going to be sending out text messages and paying for that. So people can donate, please, if you're so inclined and if you haven't maxed out already, we still need your help because we've got to fight them hard and do it now. Now is our time. If we sit back and we're silent, our silence is compliance. And it's time for Americans to stand up and fight for the country that we love so dearly. Rayla Campbell, you're a fighter and a patriot. Thank you for joining us here in the war room. God bless you. Thank you so much for always having me. It's my honor and pleasure. Okay, I want everybody to pile into that website right now. I want everybody to go there and uh, to show your support. Volunteer, whatever you can do. Let's go from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Let's go out to New Mexico. Another Secretary of State. This was in an absolute dead heat. Audrey Torrio. Audrey, uh, thank you. How did you come from nowhere? You know, when you first wanted, they said, oh, she's too MAGA. She's too right wing. She's, uh, you know, one of these people that really wants to have fair and free elections. She's so out of touch with mainstream New Mexico. But I'm looking at some polling, and it's absolutely a dead heat with you and your opponent. How did that happen, ma'am? It definitely is. New Mexico wants change. You know, we're tired of having selections instead of elections. And I think a lot of people do um, question our elections here in New Mexico. Are you able to hear me? What is when? Yeah. When you go around the state and talk to people and not just people that are Republicans, but people that are independents, maybe even Democrats, what are you hearing about the state of the country? What are you hearing about the state of New Mexico? What's on the top of the mind of folks out there? Well, people are having to make a choice of buying groceries, going to work and putting fuel in their cars. I mean, everybody's in really, really a bad, bad place right now. People are suffering. Um, children, you know, they were out of school forever with this COVID and the way they managed our state here in New Mexico. We had the most stringent um, closures here in New Mexico. Our, our governor is extremely tyrannical. And actually today, Biden is actually here to support her and her run. So <laughs> it's kind of funny because we have people up on the overpasses saying, you know, go home, Biden, or we ain't biting this anymore. Because people are angry, you know, they're angry about what is in there, that their 401ks that was supposed to be their, you know, their, their, you know, what they're going to hold back when they retire. And, and now they're suffering. I mean, my husband alone lost over $100,000 in a day. So it, it's extremely hard on everybody. People are wanting a change and we're tired of open borders, you know, that that we have here in New Mexico. We have a huge drug cartel coming in and out of our borders. We have people um, voting in our elections that aren't even registered in New Mexico that you know have been pretty much off the, the, the charts and, and they're still allowing them to vote here. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's just, it's a big corruption that needs to be taken care of and we need to clean house here in New Mexico. Do, or do people, do the folks out there, even the independents and some of the Democrats, do they understand they they understand that the Biden administration policies are what's driven this? Is that the economic problems, the open border, all that goes back to the uh, to Washington D.C. and their uh, their partners that helped them along in in New Mexico that are the part of the Democratic Party? 
Absolutely. You know, a lot of our independents are actually disgruntled Republicans because, you know, they felt like the Republican Party did not do enough here in New Mexico, especially during that election season and in, in 2020. But um, yeah, they, they, they see it, you know, they see how it's affecting their pocketbooks. You know, we had over a thousand, you know, restaurants and small businesses that closed forever here in New Mexico. And, you know, here, you know, we have a, 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 a governor touting that our, you know, our, everything's thriving and businesses are doing good, but yet people are out of work, you know, or there's restaurants that can't even find people to work because they're on all these um, programs that they gave them during the, the, the closures. Um, you know, it, it's just a hard season here in New Mexico and people just want change, but they are getting educated. They know that this is not right and they want to go in a different direction. And how do we do that? We have to make sure we it, clean up where it starts, our elections. It's amazing you've driven. I tell you, do we have Audrey Spot? Can we go ahead and play Audrey Spot? Because it's amazing that you're in a dead heat given the, uh, the political demographics out there. Let's play her spot. Audrey Trujillo for New Mexico State Secretary. New Mexico is in serious trouble. Mexican cartels are invading our American borders. Fentanyl is flooding our streets and killing our people. Inflation is skyrocketing. America is on the brink of a catastrophic diesel shortage. And New Mexico is at the crux of this conversation. Did we vote for all of this? No. What do we need to vote for? A strong nation that is a light to the world. We vote for fair prices in the grocery store. We vote for affordable gas. We vote for safety in our neighborhoods and loving our neighbors. In the last two years, what has mattered most to us has gone down the drain and the people of New Mexico are feeling the pinch. The people of New Mexico did not vote for this, but to be honest, who knows what happened with our vote? The core of a strong nation is free and fair elections, which we don't have anymore, Republican or Democrat. New Mexico needs to stand with a leader who is willing to stand up for the American people. And everything is hanging in the balances. You must show up. You must vote. You must get your community to vote and vote in Audrey Trujillo for your state secretary. Audrey Trujillo, American, entrepreneur, community advocate, mother, your New Mexico state secretary. And I might add uh, Patriot and Fighter, Audrey, incredibly powerful spot. How do people, Audrey, volunteer? How do they get to your site? Where do they go? If they're so inclined to hit you with a donation, but volunteer nonetheless, where do they go? Sure. It's um, AudreySOS.com. Real easy. They can volunteer. They can donate to our campaign. Um, it's a very grassroots organization here. All my people you know, are working really hard in kind donations are where we're getting most of our, our funds from. We didn't have very much help with, this, with the Republican Party here. They poured all their money into the governor race and one of the congressional seats. So everything that we have worked with is you know just the people, but those are the voters. And I totally respect them. And I know that they know that I'm gonna be a voice for them and we're gonna fight to make sure our liberties and our freedoms are, are held strong. And we go by the constitution, which which is very important. Audrey, amazing. I want everybody to go check that site out now. Thank you for joining us and keep fighting. You're in a dead heat. Uh, obviously, uh, with uh, continuing to press on, you, you'll win this. So Godspeed. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
God bless you guys. Thank you. From Massachusetts to New Mexico, we're going to go to Arizona. Let's play the spot first for Lewis, and then we'll bring him in. My name is Luis Pozzolo. 20 years ago, I came to America to build my American dream. It was not easy, but I did it. 20 years ago, Grijalba went to Washington and got drunk with power, bought with elites, and forgot about us, the people. With my wife, we built our American dream. Now it's time at work to be sure all of you can achieve your own American dream. The time for change is now. November 8th, vote Luis Pozzolo for Congress. Uh, Luis Pozzola joins us. Very powerful spot. Do the people in the district, because it's a heavily Democratic district, do they understand they're being sold down the river every day that, that goes along, that this is just, that they're getting scammed by not just the Democratic Party, but particularly about, by your opponent who, who, who preaches one thing when he's in the district, but it's a totally different deal when he's in Washington, D.C.? Do, do, do they get that yet? Oh, absolutely. Um, like I was uh, telling you earlier, uh, we are knocking 4,000 uh, PNDs and independents a week, uh, 4,000 doors every week. Uh, we found one every 100 supporter for Raul Grijalva. So he lost absolutely the support. Uh, he's not even preaching anymore. Uh, he's not doing ads. He's not walking. He's not doing absolutely, uh, he's doing absolutely nothing in the district. Uh, the only thing you will find signs, uh, the man is, you know, the reality is uh, his health is not allowing him to, to campaign or uh, lead or represent the people in Washington, D.C. And that's why the people, after 20 years, find out that it's, uh, it's a really, uh, you know, time for a change. And, you know, we see that every day in the streets. Do they connect, when you're going around, because you're totally, you and Audrey and Rayla, the reason I want to have you guys on here, you are three of the grassroots um, campaigns. And it's no difference in Massachusetts and New Mexico and Arizona, maybe in different parts of the country. And maybe sometimes a different demographic, but it's it's all the same. It's working class and middle class people that you have no money, so you're knocking on doors, you're going to town halls, you're doing that. Do, do the people in the district relate the economic problems and the issues going on with Biden and the Democrats? Do they make that connection yet? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent of them uh, understand. And, you know, my door knockers are talking to them and say, well, um, how you were doing two years ago, how you, how you were doing 20 years ago, how you doing right now. Uh, you know, we did a poll. Uh, we went through 80,000 people, um, you know, inflation, gas prices, uh, unemployment, crime, drugs, and border. Those are the main issues is people care. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, the demographics. And this is a 65% Latino district. But at the same time, that you know, it doesn't matter. Like you said, it's hurting your, 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 your pocket. is is. You know, people cannot fill out the, the gas tanks. They cannot uh, feed their children. Uh, very, you know, the, especially the Latinos are very, very concerned about education. They don't like what they're teaching their children in the school. Uh, that's another thing they are talking about. Uh, you know, we don't like this. Uh, even the Catholic Church here in Arizona uh, went after, you know, Grijalba and put him a fail uh, because his heart stand on abortion, uh, you know, the, the craziness in, in the education system. So uh, the people are feeling it. The people know that and they're looking for an alternative, especially here after 20 years of, you know, having the Raul Grijalva and his machine running the district. 
uh, people people can rely, you know, can tag him to the absence of solutions in the district. How do people find out more about this campaign? How do they go to find out about you? How do they volunteer? And if they're so inclined, how do they uh, hit you with a, a $10 or a $20 donation? Where do they go? Okay, yes. My website is Luis, L-U-I-S, number four, congress.com. Luis for congress.com. Lewis is doing the tough work. I mean, this is building the awareness that you have to have to actually have to really embrace the Hispanic community. It's just been incredible. I've watched this one very closely. You are going against one of the most entrenched members of the Democratic Party, and this is a tough one, but I want to make sure everybody goes and checks it out. Lewis, thank you for the fight. Thank you for the effort you're making. Thank you, your entire campaign team and your family. Uh, thank you, Steve. And uh, we are going to surprise America on Tuesday. Remember what I'm saying. It's going to be historic. We are going to defeat Grijalva. Brother, from your lips to God's ear, we're waiting for it. Keep fighting. That's a tough hombre right there. Very tough. Let's go to, uh, I want to stay in Arizona. I want to go to Sonny Borelli. Sonny's actually stepping down from the Senate, but he had one thing that he promised himself, his constituency, and really his beloved Marine Corps and his country he would get done. Sonny, thank you for joining us. What What is, you, you teed it up today. How big is this project in talking about the uh, the corrupt Biden regime who who last night just reinforced to the nation that he's completely and totally legitimate? Yeah, um, well, number one, I'm not I'm not stepping down until my the end of my term, which is in 24. <laughs> so, but uh, but you've announced but you have announced that this is your last. You did announce I'm not running anymore. This is this is it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I want to go out with a bang. It looks like you are going out with a bang. We've got a minute on this side before break. Tell people why did you dedicate your, yourself to this and why is it happening really two years after the incident took place. Well, we, you know, it's been a two-year battle, uh, and you know, we've had all this obstruction and resistance coming from, uh, you know, the county board of supervisors and and you know, the county recorder and all the attorneys and every leftist attorney in the, in the state, um, Perkins Cooey with Mark Elias, you know, you know the you know the whole bit. But you know, we didn't stop looking, we didn't stop, you know, saying, hey, wait a minute, uh, we're not being played fair with with here. There's just too much evidence. Well, I'm not going to allow you guys to get away with lying to everybody forever and ever and ever. And we just got to keep looking and proving it. They say that this was, this was fine. Well, if you said it was a great election, then let's help you prove it. Well, obviously, they don't want to help prove it. So we have to do this on our own. And we've had all the, I mean, mountains of of, of uh, obstruction and resistance. And we just got to. I tell you, you Sonny, hang right there. We'll take a short break. We're A short break. We have plenty of time on the other side. Sonny Borelli joins us from Arizona. He has gotten down to the receipts of how the election was stolen and the Biden electors could not possibly be certified. Yes, you heard it here. Could not be certified in the great state of Arizona. Almost two years after that horrific event on 3 November of 2020. Sonny Borelli from the Senate of Arizona joins us right after the break. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone. 
including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM BATTLEGROUND. With Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back to Battleground. This is what this show is made for. It's uh, Gunny Sonny Borelli, former United States Marine, now member of the Arizona Senate. Sonny, I, I'm going to toss it to you. You're going to have about 10 minutes, but I, here's a question. I thought Arizona had like 20 different audits. I thought you guys have been to court like 50 times. All I'm told, inf- including, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to pick a fight here with a Marine, far be it, but I've thought that the attorney general, the sitting attorney general of the state of Arizona, who was the attorney general when all this took place, told the world on 60 Minutes on Sunday night after NFL football that everybody that's dealing this is a grifter, a con artist. Uh, they're just trying to uh, you know, get to put themselves forward, their careers forward, or even make money off it. So what did you guys come up with? Why has this been hidden for years? And why is it so explosive? Everybody in Arizona now, this is all they're talking about. So what do you got? Well, number one, the, the attorney general is really disappointing. He's full of a uh, horse pucky because, you know, I'm not a grifter. I haven't raised one dime on that. And I'm really offensive, offended by uh, some of these people even accusing of me or Karen Fan or any of that stuff or any of the members of the Senate that really stayed into the fight and didn't fold like lawn chairs 
like uh, Paul Boyer did and, and even Michelle Ugenti. But let's just get right down to it. When we were doing the signature analysis of the ballot envelope and you needed, we, we tried to go for another way of doing it because the county would not give us the voter registration forms. They wouldn't give it to us. We had to find another way of getting it. Uh, then we tried to use another way. Dr. Shiva used another way to do signature verification. But naturally, since that's not the standard the county used, they said that we couldn't use it. And that's, of course, his information is debunked, quote unquote, by them and the shame stream media. Okay, fine. So we'll just go ahead and use the same standard of what you're saying that we should use. So guess what? We finally did get the voter registration forms, not by the county. We got them from another means. Uh, that's another issue. We'll talk about another time. But we did get the valid. We did get the voter registration forms, and that's when we started digging. We started digging into with the amount of amount of time that we just had. Uh, we only were able to get to uh, uh, a little over a hundred thousand ballot envelopes to verify signatures. And what we did is we compared a lot of them that just don't match. And then blatant stuff, especially when the attorney general said Sunday that dead voters was not even a decent issue because that was all garbage. And they only found a couple of them and they wasted thousands of man hours doing that, which is bullshit because I can just refer you right now to slide number 70. Okay. With, now we examined 30 dead voters and within those 30 dead voters, within 45 minutes, we identified 17 that were not eligible to vote and voted. So let's go to slide number 70. This person died on the 27th of September. Okay, this is in accordance with the death records from the Secretary of State and the public obituary. So the death date was the 27th of September, but voted on the 16th of October. Okay. How in the hell can that happen? How can that happen? Now, let's, let's go to um, slide number 73. This is interesting. Man died on, uh, this, this, he died on the 27th of, of uh, September. The funeral was on the 10th of October, excuse me, the 4th of October, but he voted on the 6th of October. Well, here's a problem with that. Early ballot does, early voting doesn't start till the 7th which means by law, the ballots are not supposed to be sent out until the 7th. So how did this person vote on October 6th? Make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. That's an illegal ballot. But, 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 but hang on, hang on. How, how did all these people that time again said there were no dead people voting and they checked it, how was this just not checked? Why did it take you and this team of volunteers? Why was this not checked by the Maricopa County? But we've been told over and over again, it was the safest, most transparent, fairest election in the history of Arizona. Why has this not already been checked? Why did it take you guys to find this? Well, we didn't take no for an answer, and we know that they're bullshit. They're not doing, they're not, they're not doing their job. The Secretary of State is supposed to turn it over to the county. The county is supposed to update their records as quickly as possible and, and, uh, and to, to update the, their voter rolls and they don't send out ballots and wasting taxpayer money. Now, I'm going to refer you to the bottom line is, is either sheer laziness or, or corruption. I'll let you do, do the math on that. But let's look at slide number 75. This is the, the family put in here. The man's, they signed it, the man's name. Um, they wrote on it the ballot envelope. He, dece he was deceased on October 1st. Okay. And then the, the secretary website, secretary of state's website actually confirms that. But then look how he, but they still, they put on there. He died on October 1st. And they allowed that ballot to go through on October 15th. 
That's sorry. That's an illegal. Okay, ballot. so 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 you found you found you found a couple of dead guys. Um, and look, that's terrible, and it, it probably implies there's bigger problems. But how do you get to the scale? I think there was overall around ten thousand uh, votes that President Trump lost by in Maricopa County. I think it was forty thousand. Um, how do you are you going to be able to scale up? Are you going to actually be able to show that there's those types of numbers out there of ballots that should be uncertified? Well, these are these are uncertifiable. This was an uncertifiable election. Just on the dead people alone, they allow these things to go through without even checking, based on their own standard that they have to refer. They look at the ballot envelope and they have to go to the to the voter registration form. They didn't even follow their own standard. You, you understand? So, the, so the county did not even do their job. Now, um, it, it's a very painstaking process to go and verify signatures for on election days and election night, but these are all early ballots. So how, so why didn't they do their job? That's the question. And you know what? They keep giving us a song and dance about this, but we had somebody that died in 2017 and voted in every election since. The county did not update their stuff. That's obviously they got an uh, administrative problem uh, on, on these things, but, but uh, where's this other one I, I looked at? Uh, I think it's slide, what is this one? Um, the person voted in September before the even the ballots even went out. It's just it's it's just comical. Uh, let me find it here in a second. Um, uh, so how do you? But how do you define? It? I'm sure. Look, I'm sure you've got it. But that's Sonny. That's not the point. I'm sure all these things. But that you got a handful of dead guys. I got that, and that's terrible. And it maybe implies larger problems. How do you get? You've gone through what 104,000 ballots right now. 104,000 of these with your team, approximately. Yes. So far, yeah, that's what we're at so far. But when you add up all the dead voters, and hold, the people that could not hold, hold, hang on, hang on, hang on. When hang on, hang on, hang on. When you, of the hundred four thousand, how many right now do you think you have absolute hard proof are not certifiable for whatever the category is? What, what would be the total? Twenty one thousand two hundred and two. It's on slide number one twenty eight. Last slide. Let's go to one twenty eight if we can. Hold last slide. Hold it. You're telling me. That with this hand micro analysis, that of the 104,000, 20, almost 20, over 20% cannot be certified. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Based on the standards. Why was this not done? Why was this not done when Cyber Ninjas or whoever this group was, um, when they did this back in April, May, and June, and went all the way through July, I think it was a four or five month audit. Why was this not done at that time? Why is this information coming out five days before the 2022 midterm and not in the spring and early summer of 2021? Because the county would not give us the voter registration forms, all that data to be able to match it and, and verify with. And we had to go through another. It took another you going. To it took. It took. It took you go. It took you going to court, or how, how did you actually get this information? It, it just let's just say it it, it, uh, it arrived. I always okay, tell people, you I'm sure there's a story there. That seeking we're... the truth, look from within. The county wouldn't voluntarily give this to us, you know, not even voluntarily. They just, they just, just refused to give it to us. And we said, just give us the unredacted stuff, you know, or redacted stuff, because they were, didn't want personal information in the hands of the wrong people. We want to protect people's identity. Do you believe that? The, do you believe the reason they're hiding this? Do Do you believe on the information you found that these uh, supervisors and election officials have personal liability here? Given if if you're telling the country 
that you can show, and you're, st- you're a stand-up guy, but if Sonny Burley tells me it's money good, if you're telling me of the 104,000, and you got another million to go through, of the 104,000, 21,000 are not certifiable for many different reasons or reasons that are within the, the bounds of why they would not be certifiable. So it's over right. 20%. Right. Do you believe, do you believe that the, the people that tried to hide this information, because you now have a massive cut, what you've got is a cover up. Do you think yeah. that they're personally criminally liable? I believe so. I believe so. They need to be held accountable in any way possible because they lied to the American public. They lied to their voters. They lied to their own constituents. They disrespected even the volunteers, the 1500 volunteers that did this work. That, that did the audit work and the other, even the volunteers that are doing the, this stuff. These are private citizens. These are private citizens, civilians, okay? And I'm going to protect their names and their identities and it doesn't matter because the evidence speaks for itself. We know the liberal media is going to come after us and use the typical sin method, which I call the sin methods, where they're going to shift the subject. They're going to ignore the facts and then they're going to name call. So we don't care. I don't care. I'm on my last term. They want to come after me. I don't care. You know, what I, you know, I was in the Marines okay. for 20 years. Hang on, hang on, hang on for a second. Yeah. Hang, hang on for a second. <laughs> the person that's directly, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're a chain of command guy, I am too. The person in the chain of command of this at some point is Katie Hobbs, and she's running for governor. And, Should Katie and, Hobbs have known? How did Katie Hobbs certify? How did she certify something that you're telling me 21% is not certifiable? That's not a small number. That's not like 2%. Or 0.2% or 0.2%. It's 21%. It's a quarter. You know, it's 20%. It's, 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 it's 20% of the, uh, of the entire vote on this sample that you've taken. How could she have possibly certified it if she was anywhere competent in doing her job? Well, let's, let's, well, let's move down the ladder one more rung because the county, the county, um, uh, recorder was Adrian Fontes. This sample under Adrian Fontes' watch as the county recorder for Maricopa County. Wow. And he's running for Secretary of State. This is the man that wanted to send out unsolicited 200,000 ballots. They had The supervisor had to put a kibosh on that. They had they, they, they got sued to stop that. And, of course, drop boxes and all kinds of stuff with emergency polling sites and all kinds of goofy stuff that this guy did. I mean, the guy's a liar anyway. I've heard him on MSNLSD talking about the Second Amendment and how every Marine has to go through a two-inch binder to, to familiarize themselves with the, the service rifle just to qualify, requalify every year. I'm like, what boot camp did you go through? I mean, he was only served from 92 to 96. Uh, I was served from 77 to 99, and I, we've never had to go through a two-inch binder to requalify with a rifle. That's ridiculous. The guy's a liar. And uh, but it, that's another issue. I'm too much coffee this morning. But, um, but the bottom line is this falls at the feet of Adrian Fontes and Katie Hobbs. Because they are in okay. cahoots together. Okay. And I would not be surprised if they're manipulating data right now. The Secretary of State. In collusion wow. with probably wow. some people that work within the Secretary of State, within the uh, Maricopa County uh, office. Now, we were hoping, this was a training tool the other day, yesterday, to teach the new legislators why we need to pass legislation to fix this stuff. It wasn't to disparage the, the existing regime that's in the county uh, that's, you know, board of supervisors and the new county recorder. We're hoping that this is a teaching method that they can look, they can examine to make sure that they're following the standards that they say they are following or that they hopefully they don't follow the same standards they did in 2020. I 
I, I, we got to bounce, but I got to ask you, where are you taking this? I know you've got another million to go and you got this amazing volunteer team, but where does this go from here? Where does Sonny Borelli do with this? Because this is not just pre-explosive. This is nitroglycerin explosive. Yeah, when you look at Maricopa County, uh, Biden allegedly won by 45,202 votes. But statewide, he won by uh, 10,500. You know, and I'm encouraging all the, all the other recorders to, to really start verifying your signature verification process. Because obviously Maricopa County did not even follow the law. They did not follow their own standards. And by the way, the standards that they were trying to hold us accountable to. Nobody in the audit team during the audit had this information to be able to do that. Nobody did. Because you needed that. That's the standard they wanted. You have to have the voter registration form to, get, to verify the signatures. Look, we have Steve Bannon's name on a ballot envelope, Steve Bannon's address, Steve Bannon's name is a signature. But when you go to the, your voter registration, you can see that's a third-party voter registration form. It's all typed in. But the signature on it, says Sonny Borelli. And it's obviously not Steve Bannon's signature, <laughs> but that went, guess what? That went right. through without them even checking. That's my point. They didn't even check. They allowed ballot signatures to, ballots to go through without signatures. The COVID restrictions and all that Sonny, stuff where, doesn't fall under the, the PEB. Yeah, I know. It was all, 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 it's all a scam. How do, how do people get to you on social media? How do they follow the story? Because this is very explosive, sir. Well, I'm not a you know a big social media guy other than that posting memes and reposting your stuff or anybody else's stuff. But I'm on Instagram, Sonny Borelli. I'm on Facebook, Sonny Borelli, and and even Twitter. But some you know I haven't been on Twitter since they bounced Trump. So you know, well, yeah, a few times. But, what, yeah. Where do where do they go to get your this presentation? We can put it up. But where is there any site? Is there any central site website you no. have that people can go to? No, I haven't put this up on the official. Uh, okay. So, like I said, okay. we did this last night, but this okay. is all public record now, and it's it's out there. So you know they can, uh, if you want to okay. post it, let them download we're, it. We'll push the. Yeah, we're going to download it and post it up on all our sites. Uh, and, Gunny Borelli, senator a lot from of Arizona. Slides at the end are comparisons of signatures that just flat just don't match. It's either you look at it, is it pass or fail? We just took so look. Let's let's look at the most obvious and see what we have instead of trying to be you know FBI. Uh, signature experts. Let's look at the stuff that even a caveman can figure out. Thank you, brother. Amazing work, and thank your team. I know their names are going to be protected for now, but man, what a what a team! And Steve, I have a gift for thank you, you when I see you. Incredible. I hope you wear an extra large. <laughs> I actually wear a small, but in your, in your case, <laughs> I'll take the extra large. Sonny Borelli, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. You know, Dr. Alexander, uh, Paul Alexander, it was on yesterday. People's heads are still blown up from that. His co-author, Kent Heckentively, Heckentively, did I get that right? Heckentively. Kent, thank you for joining us. This, this book, Presidential Takedown, is about as disturbing as you can possibly get, but it shows that Trump was taken down by inside his own administration. I mean, it's the administrative state, but it was one he was president. It was not the Chinese Communist Party doing it, although I'm sure they're in cahoots with people. It's not the World Economic Forum, although I'm sure they're in cahoots with people, but it's people inside. Walk through the general thesis, and more important, we've got about four minutes. How do you back it up with evidence? We understand Paul Alexander was there, part of the administration, but what evidence do you guys put forward that the entire COVID response was really a, a system that, that metastasized into a takedown the Trump presidency, sir? 
Well, this is really a you are there book. All of us have the experience of watching those presentations on TV by the COVID-19 task force, Tony Fauci, Deborah Burks, and President Trump trying to make sense of a once-in-a-century crisis. Now, maybe some people were comforted by that, some were skeptical, and others were just puzzled because it seemed like it was all produced. But this book is like being pulled through your television screen, becoming a fly on the wall, hearing the arguments with emails that Dr. Alexander sent and received to the rest of the team for and against shutting down the economy, closing the schools, and rushing a vaccine to market at warp speed. Now, I always try to work with experts, and there's probably nobody better in the world to talk about the COVID-19 task force than Dr. Alexander, who is brought in specifically to be their evidence-based medicine expert. So I've got a, a number of stories about it, but I want to be sensitive to your time, Steve. So in answer to your question, what we did is that we worked through Dr. Alexander's tenure at uh, Health and Human Services. He provided me with abundant documentation, and that documentation can be found in the book. There's probably more than 250 citations to actual sources. So you may disagree with our conclusions, but you can't say we haven't done our homework. Let, let me ask you, we've got about two minutes here, but I want to ask you, could this just have not been in gross incompetence or kind of, you know, these pandemics happen and you're making, you end up making bad decisions or was it, it done it, with intention, sir? It, it's an excellent question. So I think there's an argument, argument to be made that at the beginning of the epidemic, they thought that this was going to be like influenza. Okay. Now influenza spreads throughout the, the young population fairly, you know, significantly and quickly and, and, you know, sometimes quite deadly. Um, and so maybe from March to June of 220, it made sense as a preventative measure to keep the schools closed. But by the end of the summer of 2020, it was clear that, that the virus uses the ACE2 receptor to enter the cell. So think of that ACE receptor as like a flower, okay? And it has to be open for a bee to land on it and get its pollen. But in children, it's pretty much closed. So they might get a, a mild infection, but they're not gonna spread it. Can't, and can't, can't, we, we, we've got a hard, we've got a hard, we've got a hard out. We're going to have to continue this conversation, but just, it, was it done intentionally or not intentionally? Yes or no? Uh, it, it was done intentionally and Paul has the evidence for that. Okay. We're going to have you back on here. The book is presidential takedown. It'll be the most of all the controversial books coming out. Trust me, there's a lot of them. This may be the most controversial. Dr. Paul Alexander was there. Kent's co-author. It's from uh, Skyhorse. You can get it on Amazon now. Order this book. Get this book. Read this book. Okay. We're going to see you back here tomorrow. We're only a couple of days away from this midterm. We're going to be on fire for four entire hours tomorrow. See you back here in the war room.